0: Episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. Whoa. Hey, we're here. Do you feel that? What? what just the world.
1: Living in the era of coronavirus.
0: Living in the era of everything happening, dude. So much has happened.
1: Just, just insane.
0: We took one week off because of my homework. Sorry. But nice. we had an episode. We had an episode. We yeah, had To the Republic. It yeah, was good. I, to listen to I liked it. I, I was back. It was cool.
1: That's yes, right. You, you did listen back, so I want I kind of want to just briefly. What were your What were your thoughts?
0: Um, well, I didn't talk much because I, I prepared quickly. Yeah, I mean, you, um, I gave you like two hours. So. I think I think you you put in all the right stuff. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I was thinking the whole time when I was listening. I was like, Oh, interesting. He kept that. I probably never would have kept that. Really? But I don't know any better. Okay. You did. Mm-hmm. So, you cut my whole fireman spiel.
1: I did. <laughs> oh my bad. Dude, I don't care. We, we, I don't we, care. I had to cut almost twenty minutes of audio on that one. Well, we were rambling. Yeah,
0: had to do it. Um.
1: Well, because I also had those clips. I had like almost probably six minutes. Oh worth yeah, of those clips too. Not a fan. Not a fan of the clips. No. Okay. Yeah. I, it was a thing. It was a thing I tried. Yeah. And I didn't. I honestly I didn't care for it either. Okay. So that's why I did, I'm not probably going to do that again. I did try a bit though with Matt and I. Yeah. In our most in our most recent to the episode it. that you haven't heard. It's not even up on our podcast feed because, well, we save those for when we have to. Yeah. Take a break from this um, when life gets in the way, but uh, I tried something like a questionnaire at the beginning. Oh, okay. Kind of cool. Where yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I asked him just a series of questions. Yeah. Um. Then and I in in like the the wannabe teacher in me. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I tailored the questions to prime. Lead, the, yeah. the Lead into the theme that I wanted okay. to talk about.
0: I'm excited for that. So, um, yeah, I like that.
1: So like one of the questions, like the first question was, "Who are the five permanent members of the UN Security Council?" Uh, the second one is like the World Trade Organization originated from the, in the 1990s from what earlier agreement. And I wanted to talk about the difference between just like a, an agreement versus an organization mm-hmm. and how that's important in international institutions. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to like what is Article 5 of the NATO Charter. And I want to talk about how it's rare for security institute Like it's and security institutions are so rare because trying to get other nations to agree to come to the defense of another nation, even if it's not like directly affecting them is like something that's obviously so rare and right. why these are important and then like i got into like what is a global problem which is like a, a problem that transcends borders and okay. it takes a collective action takes collective action to try to solve right. right and so like that kind of those were like all of the those are like the four main
0: priming questions priming questions okay
1: and then so we had like a discussion after each single one of them but right which was fun
0: i'm gonna have to listen to that one one day when I have too much going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you've got a million things uh, going
1: on, so it's catch-up time. So what's going on?
0: Okay, I've been having really lucid dreams. Lucid, okay. Yeah, so like just clear as day. Like I remember all of them. Mm-hmm. And okay, so the other day, last not not last night, but the night before, yeah, I had a dream. Um, and I didn't remember it until I saw the person who was in it, mm-hmm. and it was one of my drivers. So I'm sitting there. Sorry, gotta clear my throat here. <clears> throat> uh, so I see him, and I'm like, oh, "I had a dream about you." And he's like, "Uh, okay." People get weird about it every time you say that. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Yeah, it's not like dreams aren't always sexual. I mean, people will just immediately yeah, go there, right? I know. It's weird. So my dream was that. Uh, it was inside of the Trailblazers locker room. Okay. And uh, the media was circling Dame and they all had their mics in his face. And he was like, you know what? Like, I'm not really too comfortable with all you guys being this close. Like, I'm just going to have to take a break from today with, with the coronavirus and everything. Like you, I just, I'm not feeling comfortable. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, all right, all right, cool. I guess we'll go. Right. Well, My driver was in the media, but he was hanging back and just kind of like sitting down waiting for his turn. And after everybody cleared, Dame comes by and goes, who are you? And he's like, oh, I was just with the media. I was just kind of waiting until everybody cleared to to take my turn. And he's like, you know what? That's super cool that you were so chill about it. I'm going to give you an exclusive interview. (laughs) I just gave him an exclusive interview. That's awesome. What a weird dream. Yeah. So then last night, I had a dream. (laughs) I swear to God, it was my dream, Jake. I had a dream that it was the, it was like, I was in a panic because you and Kylie were getting married and I had nothing to wear. And I was running. I don't, first of all, I was in a target. Why the hell would I be in a target trying to find something to wear for a wedding? I was last second. Yes, that's exactly (laughs) right.
1: Tuxedo t-shirt.
0: I'm running around like a madman trying to find the right shirt. And for some reason, my brother was there and he was going to go to the wedding. And, uh, he was like, dude, I'm just wearing this. And then you look over and you're like, that's awesome. And I was like, that? And he was wearing like cut off <laughs> jean shorts and like a nice shirt with a tie. And I'm like, he's not even wearing pants. <laughs> he's and you're not like, even wearing pants. <laughs> and you're like, it's fine. And I'm like, well, if that's fine, then I'll fucking, I think I had a shirt that had a, a <laughs> it was a dress shirt, but with a bunch of Snoopies printed all over it. This is in the dream. I swear to God. Oh, goodness. And I was like. Why would I ever wear this? And I was like, well, and in my head, I'm going through like logic in my dream. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, Jake really likes dogs. So I think this could pass. (laughs) Weird. What a (laughs) weird dream. A
1: very weird dream. I don't know. I bet that's a, I bet that was an entertaining dream. to be. It was, but it's
0: stressful, man. I'm trying to get ready for your wedding. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been such a long time coming. I want to make sure I'm like, I'm there. I'm dressed to the nines, so I don't have to worry about being dressed to the yeah. nines. I like,
1: I like being dressed. There's always something to be said to be slightly, slightly overdressed. Not oh, really. here we go. Not, Great transition. Not really overdressed. Uh huh. Just slightly, o- just slightly overdressed. Oh, that is a good transition. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Oh, that's perfect.
0: I know. You didn't even know. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So last make, week, make fun of me now. Last week we um. We went to Donna Sinclair's class, and we got to teach the class about, I don't know, we were talking about podcasting and, and kind of the arc of our podcast and, and as far as design and marketing and development and where we started and where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it went really well. Dude, super well. But, you know, we're we're in the room where we record the podcast, and we're taking notes, and I'm making a, a, a what's it called? PowerPoint. PowerPoint. And I run to the back uh, to get something for the PowerPoint. And Jen's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm making a PowerPoint. And she's like, are you serious? Like, it's not that serious. And I was like, Jake's wearing khakis. <laughs> 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 Clearly, it's it's serious. So, yeah, you were all dressed up looking flashy. And then I just wore I wore my Tell Him Steve Dave shirt because I had to represent if I'm teaching a class on mm-hmm. podcasting. Yeah. I wear my Tell Him Steve Dave shirt. Um and then just like, I don't know, like a windbreaker jacket. And you just got your little polo on, your slacks. Were you wearing dress shoes? No. Oh, good. I was going to kill you for that one. No, but
1: I, I, I had them on.
0: I you did them have on them on.
1: And I took them off. I was like, this is too much.
0: Okay, <laughs> that was too much. That was too, too overdressed. That was too, over, too, too overdressed. Okay, gotcha. It, it's, a,
1: it's a fine line. You mm-hmm. just got to know it.
0: You knew it. You recognized the threshold and you're like, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was fun. It
1: was probably too much what I was wearing to begin with. But as Donna said, like, I just, I was, I meant to be a professor. Yeah. Yeah. So you well, did be good. It was thank, fun. Thank you. I, it was, it was a lot of fun.
0: Um, we felt, we did it once last year and that was early in our podcasting. It was
1: really early. We didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, nope. I think we just talked about how much we loved history, which I mean, nobody probably listened to us either time, right. which is fine. But at least this time, I felt like we had a l- we just had a lot more to contribute just because we've had yeah. so many more experiences. And especially with the radio show. I know you and I didn't really get into, like, our relationship with that. Yeah. With that with the show and how that's been kind of an ebb and flow mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. And we didn't have that, the, well, at least last year and a half. We right. We didn't really right. have that the first, the first time we were there. Because I think it was still, like, we were still kind of in development at that point, right? We hadn't even... For the show? For the radio show. Yeah,
0: I think so, too. And, you know figuring out what this show is mm-hmm. it, t- it takes a long it's, it's taken a long time to kind of get where we are now yeah um so now that we're this far into it i mean what is it 70 something
1: oh god yeah we're, we're approaching 80 i think this is like 79 or something whoa
0: so we know what the show is we know what we like to do and i don't know we're there yeah. so going into the class and talking about it was pretty easy it
1: was a lot of fun I, um, it's always nice to be back on campus and
0: well, yeah, tell that to everybody else who's not allowed to be on campus now. Did they close it down? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> God, man. Era of coronavirus.
0: Okay. We'll get to all that, but I have to ask you about this, dude. Okay. Do you watch a mass singer? No. Do you know what the mass singer yes, is? Yes. It looks ridiculous. Okay. Did you hear about it last night?
1: No. Oh, thank
0: God. Okay. So. The premise of the show for those who don't know okay. is celebrities it's a singing competition for celebrities. Okay. And um they're dressed up in ridiculous costumes so you okay. can't see who they are. Sure. They're always hiding every everything about them but they're giving you clues. They do like a little clue segment before the show and um then there's like a panel of judges. I think it's What's his name? What's her name? What's his name and what's her name?
1: <laughs> uh, I think uh, isn't it like Kim? Ken know, Jong. Ken Jong. Uh,
0: uh, Jenny McCarthy. What's his name? I had the famous dad actor. <laughs> I t-
1: dude, I <laughs> watched and- <laughs> watch the show. Keith like, Sutherland. I watched the show. His dad, whatever his his dad was Donald Sutherland. Okay. Oh. So oh, I really? Would, yeah.
0: Oh. Robin Thicke, Jenny McCarthy, Jen, Ken Jeong, and Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls. Oh, okay. So those are the judges. Um, Anyway, so they, they're they not really judges. They're the panelists who are trying to figure out who the Masked Singer oh, is. Oh, that's all it is. I thought they were yeah.
1: judging. I'm like, how is Ken Jong going to...
0: No, and he's obnoxious the whole time. Yeah. So the celebrities perform. It's been kind of cool. Like, there was one I was like, that for sure... It's Travis Barker, like it from Blink One Eighty Two. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it has to be. They, because he's he's a little tall, he's really lanky, and you know, and he's not a bad singer, but he's pretty good. Got a kind of high pitched voice. Unmasked him, it was Tony Hawk, dude. Really? Yeah. And I was like, no way. So it's been kind of cool. They got some cool. There's one on there, hundred percent. It's Gronkowski, one hundred percent.
1: Oh, that guy is that dude. Side note, has been living life. To the fullest, I, I, dude, I love. I, I hated that guy when he was on the Patriots because he always killed the Jets. Mm-hmm. Every third long, that dude picked it up against my team. But God, that guy is just so fun.
0: Yeah, he's just those, his his mannerisms and the mm-hmm. way he performs. He doesn't sing. He's always like doing rap songs. I'm like, dude, that's Gronkowski for sure. Mm-hmm. They haven't unmasked him yet because I think they keep. I don't know. They're you know they're choosing which ones to carry on for ratings or whatever they always want to keep the good singers or the most entertaining and Mm -hmm. he's pretty entertaining so if it's not him i'm gonna be embarrassed but i'm pretty sure it's him okay so back to the point this last night jen sees on accident who the reveal is on social media Mm. and she's like you have to watch this and i was like well yeah i'm gonna watch it anyways and i'm like but you know who it is it's like tell me who it is and she's like no so then I listened to – I watched the performance with the masked singer, mm-hmm. and her voice is just obnoxious. And then her post-singing interview is annoying. And I'm like, ugh, who is that? Like, I don't have any idea, but I'm just going to play re- for you real cl- quickly a clip of her singing. Okay. So baby got back first of all, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's just a real like high voice and like I was like, "Who the hell is this?" And then the greatest moment happens because she was chosen to be unmasked.
1: Okay. Oh, I didn't.
2: Know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, gosh. That's not Tina Fey playing Sarah Palin. That is...
0: Spoilers.
1: Spoilers. That is Sarah Palin.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. just Look at it. Look was, at it. Watch the nice vi- lady. Watch the nice lady.
1: <laughs> that was a vice presidential. That, was, that woman was not that far away from being vice president of the United States. And I, voted, I would have voted for that ticket if I had been old enough.
0: Look at her. Dressed up as a bear. Singing Baby Got Back with Nick Cannon.
1: Now I can hear it. Now I can hear that, that <laughs> twang in her voice. Oh.
0: <laughs> Dude. They played the whole... Performance at the end—they never do that.
1: What is all what all the what do all the trumpets think? I don't know. Of course, Nick Cannon is
0: the host.
1: Is this guy not? He's Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Dude, do you ever watch? Oh my god.
0: Just just watch it. Enjoy this. Kim Jong is wow.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> I thought you'd like
1: Everybody that. Everybody wanted that to end. Everybody <laughs> wanted that to end.
0: Dude, how great is that?
1: All right. So, the reason that you mentioned the nice lady thing. Uh huh. I think we, we, need talked, to, about it have we talked about yeah. it before. Yeah. Okay. Just but a just, refresher. Okay, go ahead. We were s- sitting around, me, you, and Matt were having a, a one of our deep political conversations, and you guys were talking about Sarah Palin and how just just not a good politician she was and i was like you know what i was like yeah you're right but you know at least she i go i just always felt like she was a real nice lady and you guys have never we yeah, lost I mean, it dude. yeah you guys were you guys have never stopped <laughs> referencing that
0: dude she's a nice lady <laughs> so, so yeah right. sarah pan uh was on the mass singer sorry for spoilers but
1: and her and her daughter like her daughter was on um dancing with the stars her daughter
0: was on teen mom Oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Guy. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. That family was almost in the White House. Crushing it.
0: Crushing it. Anyways. So that's what, what I've been John doing.
1: John McCain thinking, nominating her to be his VP. Well, that was just, I mean, I know it was a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. Like it was an absolute Hail, Hail Mary. But him bringing that into our like the like into national politics. Yeah. Oof. Cause she didn't even. I think she was a one-term governor.
0: Yeah, that was it. I mean, yeah, she was saying
1: "Caribou Barbie" is what she called herself. Did she? Yeah, I will always remember how much Joe Biden just mopped the floor with her at the vice presidential (laughs) debate. But there wasn't like the thing is like someone who doesn't have anything to say. Like, how do you really beat them in a debate? Right. You don't. You can't really. So it's just like if you loved if you loved Sarah Palin, then she her little like what no, no, it's like, like, she just always say just stuff like, like no Joe or something like that or like I'm a, what's the difference between a hockey mom and a pit bull Mm -hmm. lipstick? Like that, she said that in a vice presidential debate.
0: Oh. Like I just. Coming with the fire. I just.
1: (laughs) I was in such a different place back then because I thought I was like,
0: like, oh, yeah, you got that on the shirt or bumper sticker. (laughs) I'm sure
1: I did. I'm sure I did right next to my I was anti Obama before it was cool. T-shirt, right, which I've since thrown
0: away. Oh, you should have kept it, dude. That's like a podcast heirloom. We could auction that off for charity.
1: Yeah, well, it had like this kiss symbol on the like. On tramp, the butt? On the, like, the butt that said, um, <laughs> right, like, right right here, Obama, or something like that. I don't know why. I thought that was a good idea.
0: That's hilarious.
1: And then I made a post about it when I was at Clark the first time before dropping out.
0: I think I remember yeah, that. Yeah, and
1: I said, um, like, if you're walking through, like, Geyser Hall, which is, like, the, the main building on campus, I'm, I'll am i be the dude wearing the, I was anti-Obama before it was cool t-shirt. I thought it was so edgy.
0: You were edgy, dude. Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Anyways, uh, I don't know. Is anything new with you other than the rest of the world? Oh, dude. We have to get. So you have things that you need to talk to me about. You told me and I told uh, you to write them yeah, down. Yeah, I've got them. But also, you watched two movies.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. So one I really liked, one I didn't.
0: Oh, I know which one you didn't like. Which one? Joker. Yeah, I didn't like Joker. Duh.
1: I'm, it's funny you knew that. Duh, I know you. Yeah, I continue. Know. You do know me.
0: Tell me about JoJo. I can,
1: I, can, I am the least like. I am so obvious about. It. I swear, I'm so obvious about <laughs> everything. Like everybody knows exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, which is sometimes unfortunate.
0: I don't know. Everyone listening, I wonder how. I wonder how much this show gives people insight into us, mm-hmm. and if they could, if we could present something, and then ask. Did Jeff like this or not? Or did Jake like this or not? see if listeners can guess.
1: If we had an, I feel like as many times as we've asked for audience participation, <laughs> we never get it, but I would love to have that.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. Maybe one day in the future we'll ask. Maybe one day. Yeah, one day. Anyways, so Jojo Rabbit, did Jojo you bring Rabbit.
1: it? Oh, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll come
0: drop it off. Don't worry about it. I knew you wouldn't.
1: I've. It's been. I've already seen it. It's been a crazy. It's been a crazy last couple weeks. But it's yours, and I want. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. I know. The longer someone doesn't return something they borrowed, the less chance it is that it comes back. That's true. So I need to bring it back. Okay.
0: Well, I'm not going to be here. So go ahead and tell me about it.
1: Are you you leaving? I'm going to work, dude. Oh. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Tell me about Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Absolutely loved it. I thought that was such a good movie. And some of the things, I, I loved the actors in it. It was so good. His little, his friend at the his end. His friend is adorable. Like, so, okay, so paw, like, skip forward if you don't want spoilers. Yeah. There's no way we can talk about this without spoiling. Okay. But the very end, like his friend with the glasses, and he's like holding that Panzer, that Panzer Shrek, which is the anti-tank like rocket thing. Uh-huh. And then he's just like, it's not a good day, to, it's not a good time to be a Nazi, Jojo. <laughs> Everything's crumbling around them, and and, and, oh my god! And then they start talking about like the Russians, yeah. Same way they talked about the Jews, yes. And it was just like it's so funny, like to see that that world, that that world of Nazism and extreme nationalism and hatred, but through the eyes of an eleven-year-old, right? And they did such a good job of making sure they carried that view, like that view. And I loved how another thing I loved was, is as Jojo began to open his mind. Mm -hmm his hit his imaginary hitler mm-hmm. became more and more angry and became less oh i didn't even realize it became less comforting to jojo and right. more antagonistic and more like making trying to make jojo feel bad about himself because at the beginning he was always like he, he was like but you're very good looking yeah and stuff like that and like encouraging yeah. and like oh you're, you're the perfect german and yeah. all that stuff and then all of a sudden and then as jojo started to open his mind it started to push he, it started to push back against against jojo making jojo feel bad right. about that and i thought that was such because i think it, that's it, a great it, point that, that i think that alludes to like the peer pressure that i think is just so latent in right that, um that you have to be um you have to be everything in lockstep with, right. with that kind of extreme ideology otherwise you're not that you're otherwise you're not one of us
2: hmm
0: that's a great analysis keep going
1: um i love the counterbalance of his mom um when his mom's like so there because i was Several times during the movie, his mom and him are sitting at the di- at the t- table together, mm-hmm. and it's just them. And they both they both don't know. Like she, the mom doesn't know about the the girl upstairs. That she doesn't she, know about doesn't Jo-Jo, know, Jojo knowing. knowing right, and Jojo doesn't knows that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But it's funny how like they're they're talking about things and they're mm-hmm. dancing around this this subject. Oh yeah. And it was really good that's to, to have her. It's really cool of her as a, as a kind of a counterbalance to mm-hmm. him, and showing like. You can still have love for your country without having to support everything that it does. Because she was like, she, there was one point where she said, "like I'm so happy about like after the Normandy invasion," and mm-hmm. she's like, "the Allies took France," mm-hmm. and how happy she was because she's saying the war is going to be over soon. Right. And Jojo's sitting there like, "How can you say that? How can you be a German and want that?" And she's like, "This war is stupid." Yeah. And He's like, "What? Well, you don't love your country?" And she's like, "I love my country, but this is a stupid war." Right. And I don't know. I I just I I thought that was such a needed dialogue. Because God, like we I knew need, you'd we, love it. we need that so much right now. Like you can love your country, right? It yeah. doesn't mean you're a bad American if you say something critical about it. Right. We're supposed to be critical.
0: And she says that. Yeah. Yeah. She was amazing in that movie. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. That That's whole scene where she pretends to be the dad mm-hmm. and her at the same time. Holy crap.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's incredible. And
0: <clears throat> dude, Tyka was so funny. As Hitler, yes, he was so good.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> it's just the just yeah his his flam like just being flamboyant and stuff like nah, that.
0: He's no. just great. I love him what, so much. What did
1: you think about um, the the people saying like it was? In, I guess there's people who were there's detractors of that movie saying it was like insensitive, like in portraying Hitler in a funny in a funny way. Right.
0: And, uh, I don't think that that was the majority because well, it definitely wasn't the majority in the in the you know in the theme of you know um, uh, Auschwitz I think yeah I'm pretty sure they came and out and said something like he this is a great film mm-hmm. so I don't know if it was them specific, but I know that it was like a Jewish organization absolutely supported the film because mm-hmm. yes there's And this gets back into that discussion about like where do we go with going too far in movies or whatever but I don't know I think i like I think you and I kinda of talked about it as like satire does such a great job or comedy does such a great job at like sh- holding a mirror up to us. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think it does. Yeah. And even at the time, regardless of yes, it's Hitler and it's 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 talking about, you know, the Third Reich generally, mm-hmm. it's more about humans starting to think for themselves.
1: Yeah. I think that that movie does such a better job of portraying that era mm-hmm. than that show hunters that I was watching I bet it does it in in it's in it's, it's I don't know it, it's such a it's such a good job because it's it wasn't it's not so on the nose about mm-hmm. about it and but it it's but it's there and you can and you can see what it's trying to tell you mm-hmm. but it's not like I don't know it's not having to use this. Awful imagery to, right. to tell its story. It's it it's using its words and it's using its narrative and mm-hmm. and it's it's relying on the audience to be able to come to it be able to come to the conclusions right um, on on their own. And I and I appreciate that in, in good writing is that they trust their audiences. Right. And I think Jojo Rabbit did that really well.
0: Well, and it's it's kind of the same thing of like I don't know racist jokes, mm-hmm. right? Racist racist jokes are funny to me because. If you hear if I hear a racist joke, it's funny to me because that tells me it's a it's a it's a play on the thoughts that somebody out there actually has. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think the movie does the same thing. Mm -hmm. So like at the time, they all felt a certain way about Jews Mm -hmm. and in the movie theater, when they're saying these ridiculous things about Jews, the audience was laughing because it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Also, I think there's an element of like, holy crap, I can't believe this movie was made in 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I don't know. It's, it's just a, such a good job at like, for me at least, and I hope for others who maybe walk into it or watch it without knowing what it's about. Mm-hmm. I hope it just kind of gets them to stop and think about the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. I loved it so much. Glad you liked it.
1: Yeah. No, it was it was good. And the conver in one last thing, the mm-hmm. conversations between Scarlett Johansson's character as the mother talking to, and then when she's like in the like the hidden yeah. closet with yeah. with with the girl <clears> and <throat> mm-hmm. saying like he's like he's like you know he's 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 like he's a radical and everything like that. And she'd almost kind of given up on him. She'd almost kind of given up on him, but the the girl didn't. And the girl like forced like forced him right And their bond. I don't know, changed him. I, I don't. It was just so just so well done.
0: It's so good. So good. Elsa is her name. Elsa. Thank yeah. you. Um, just her playing into to the stereotypes and he wants to write a book about Jews. And so she's just lying about mm-hmm. it and talking about how they can read each other's minds. and But there's something so, I mean, you, it's intentional, obviously. But when she's talking about the history of the Jews and like in this beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's such a great movie. It's yeah. so good.
1: I, you, sh- everybody, should should watch it. Yeah, Sam
0: Rockwell is awesome in it too. Mm-hmm. Is he gay with that other dude?
1: With uh, um, Alfie Allen. Yeah. In real life,
0: in the movie. Oh, I
1: have no idea.
0: Because there's this one scene where they, the, you know, as the camera it walks into the room and they're like really close to each other. Oh, like, I'm
1: sure. Did you see what he was wearing in the like the final? That's penalty? what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean.
0: So I was wondering if they were alluding to that.
1: It may be because Hitler also persecuted homosexuals. Right.
0: So that's why I was thinking maybe that was like a nod to that also. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. What a great character also, though. He
1: loved his country, but he, and then at the, at the end when he was going to die, he just, he let,
0: let go and was himself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which is throwing a, a potato masher grenade, dressed completely in like this ridiculous like German outfit, but with, with tassels, tassels everywhere, and, and, and <laughs> pastel colors. eyeliner, yeah, yeah,
0: so good. Um, he was such a great character. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so yeah. Per-
1: well, then he yeah, protects Jojo. At the, protects Jojo. So,
0: oh, it's the greatest. Yeah. Twice saves him at the end too. Yeah. And, so good.
1: Well, and saves to Elsa too. Yeah, yeah. Right.
0: So good. Watch it, please. Watch it. So good. So Um, good. So Joker.
1: Joker. uh, Great acting.
0: Okay.
1: Joaquin Phoenix is just an incredible actor. Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, that performance Mm -hmm. made the movie worth watching. Okay. But I did not like the messaging behind it.
0: What messaging did you get?
1: I think that, okay, I think you're probably going to disagree, which is fine.
0: Okay. that's when, the point of this. I know.
1: <laughs> you're definitely going to disagree cuz I know how much you liked this movie. Right. I feel like and it's been a little while since I've watched it, so I'm going to be a little I want to be a little rusty. So okay. you're probably going to you're probably going to beat me in this argument, but I remember I remember okay. I remember thinking that it's not glorif it's I'm not going to say it it's glorifying mass like violence like okay. that. Okay. But I think what it does is that it's so on the nose about Um, not the Joker himself, Mm -hmm. but like the in about the social strife Mm -hmm. that was that was like on like that just kept building throughout. Like as the Joker became more and more radical, so did the entire environment around Around him, him. and more and more separated. Mm -hmm. And they kept talking about how it's it's not just mental health, but it's, it's society itself. And it's the pressures that it puts on people. Mm-hmm. And then that, that um, economic, that socioeconomic gap just keeps growing and growing. And that disconnect between the people who are in the lower class and the people who are like that 1%. Right. I mm-hmm. think that it was so, it was really, really on the nose about that. Okay. And it, and it, um, I think in a way it excuses it allowed for an excuse for poor behavior. Because these hmm. these people felt like they were down like they're downtrodden and therefore writing isn't is isn't is, is an is an excusable uh response to inequality.
0: Hmm. I mean, okay. Wow. Too deep, Jake. Too deep. <laughs> Too deep. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh interesting. You should have told me that so I had time to think about it before. Sorry,
1: I didn't think I'm we're. I kidding. didn't think we we're going to talk about it. Otherwise, I would have. said You brought yeah. it up, dude. I got to know what you think.
0: I know. So that's why you didn't like it. Yeah, is because you feel like it's it's almost excusing behaviors, so mm-hmm. like at least demonstrating that yeah. it excuses. I don't that. think
1: it glorifies it. I think anybody who watches that and sees like his, like I think that's the difference his, right his, there. His act is, is like where everybody's like, "Wow, that is just." in the in, in the callousness and the, the in the in almost like in his mind like he was just completely you could see it in Joaquin Phoenix's right. acting but like he was completely emotionally detached he was a ty- and he was a sociopath he mm-hmm. had no remorse no emotion on anything mm-hmm. um, and i think that that came through really really well mm-hmm. but i just i couldn't get past I think you have a
0: fair thing. argument in that as okay. far as it like ex- Accusing, or at least demonstrating, you know, like, look at all this social strife. Now, now what now what you should do or what you will do is riot in this way or, mm-hmm. or behave in this way.
1: Yeah. And you and then those people have like you look for the you look for that radical champion. Right. Because they were all mm-hmm. they all saved Joker at the end and they were all celebrating him. Right. With the all the streets burning and they basically lift him up. Right. Right. At the end. That's how the movie ends. But
0: maybe it's not so much as like an excuse, like we're saying. Maybe it's a reference to human behavior historically.
1: Okay, I'll buy that. I can buy that.
0: I mean, maybe this is just a trope of what we've seen over and over. Maybe this is just a continued theme or story Mm -hmm. that we've seen throughout history. Just this division in class, people rising up, finding someone...
1: It gets, that's very
0: Marxist. Well, I mean, look at. But, uh, have okay, we not that, seen that, that in sounds, history?
1: Well, that sounds like a yeah. If you if yes, if you if you if you adhere to Marx's theory of history, okay, that's what Marx wrote was a was his theory of history. Right, it's, it's the history is a is a struggle between the classes. There's always right. been two classes, and as the political economy of the time changes from mm-hmm. feudalism to um to cap- to mercantilism to capitalism and, and so forth and mm-hmm. then what then eventually leads to communism when capitalism collapses on itself yeah i mean it's a definitely a marxist view of the world okay um which i don't adhere to so i think that's probably one of the reasons why i have an, a, probably. A, 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 an objection to the overall themes of the i didn't think that i actually i it's great you brought that up because i okay. did not make the marxist connection
0: okay interesting so
1: i like that Hmm. I like that. That's actually that adds another layer to it.
0: <laughs> no, I like the movie. Oh my god! I know. Is I, this what's it called all over again? I don't Watchmen. Like
1: it. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I didn't. Yeah, I hated it, but then I instantly liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, with Watchmen. Yeah. Um, this I've had a few weeks to sit For around sure. and still like. I eh, just it didn't quite sit well with me. That all being said, it's a great spectacle. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Well,
0: think about it. Also, from a Batman fan, Mm -hmm. that's also such a huge element of why I love it. Like, if this is the Joker that Mm -hmm. Batman constantly has to battle, if this is his origin story, which I was instantly against Mm -hmm. giving the Joker an origin story. I love in The Dark Knight how there isn't one. He just comes out of nowhere, and you're like, whoa, who is this person? And then he constantly lies about who he is. I love that. Because that feels very Joker to me. But let's say that Joker's origin story is this Joker's origin story. I think I believe that.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know. I think for a Joker origin story, it does a great job. Um, Because like you said, Joaquin Phoenix shows that transition of like, just doesn't care anymore. Completely just emotionless as far as other people. His imagination and really the level of craziness that he's at. That's revealed at the end.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I love it so much. Yeah.
0: So just, I'm also thinking about the character, but I think you have a great, great point when you're talking about like the reflections of society,
1: especially today. Like, how much, how much grief is there? Yeah. In, in people's, um, uh, in it's, you know, we talk all the time, like, if you look at just the pure numbers, right, if you're mm-hmm. just a, a, a detached quantitative methods person who only looks at the numbers and you say, okay, every, like most humans are better off today than they were at any other time in, in human history, just mm-hmm. in terms of what's available, um, the amount of money in their pockets, especially Americans. Okay. But yet there is still so much austerity. In and in austerity is just like, Austerity is hard to quantify because it's just how you feel about your relative situation. So you could, you could be better off than your ancestors were, but if you don't feel like you're, if you don't feel like the, the, um, that you're where you want to be relative in society and it's because there's mechanisms at play that are keeping you from getting to where you want to go. It's not just your, it's not just your own inability to get there. It's, the society is against the me system in yeah. that creates that austerity. There's, right. there's been there has been so much austerity in Western Europe and in the United States. Mm-hmm. And I think that has led to the elections of Donald Trump and the rise of Bernie Sanders. And this talking about the one this talking about the 1% and mm-hmm. we're and I think that there's just so much of that in our own society. And then you watch a movie that is not, like I said, not glorifying, okay. but giving writing and anarchy as an excuse to fix that inequality mm-hmm. or is it just a, or even as a just say worth not to fix or not, not necessarily to fix but appropriate but reaction appropriate reaction to mm-hmm. it I think that into where we are today that could be potent, that's potentially just more kindling on that's the fire that's so
0: interesting because when I see that stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> as a reaction to the division between the two classes mm-hmm. or whatever classes may exist in that movie I see it as almost like a like I get uncomfortable, like almost fearful. Like that would be terrible if that's our reaction to
2: mm-hmm.
0: our situation. Yeah. Where you're saying this is not giving an excuse, but this is an appropriate reaction. I'm saying what an inappropriate reaction that scares me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: No, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, and I can I can definitely see all the reasons why you like it. I Mm -hmm. just, for me personally, I just, I didn't. It's It's so good.
0: It's so good. (laughs) Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. He is. He truly is. He kills it.
1: I loved him in Walk the Line too, playing Johnny Cash. I think I saw
0: that like one time, like 13 years ago, when it first came out. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, dude, coronavirus.
1: Shut down our one love.
0: (sighs) I just got a text from Dimitri telling me that movie releases are postponing.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, the quiet place too. Mm -hmm. Um, John Krasinski. Yeah. Tweeted out that he's like, as much as like, we always hear like watching the good, the great, the greatest thing about a quiet place is that you watch it together. Right. He's like, as much as that makes us happy to know, we urge you to not, do that, and then they said that's why we're postponing wow. the release of our movie. Which is like that's a blockbuster. That's a movie. Crap. That's a <laughs> move I just dropped my phone. That's a movie that everybody's been looking forward to. Dude, since the, the first, first one, one is released. so
0: good. It's so freaking good. And I was, you know, I I still I still have to go see the Impractical Jokers movie. But by now that theater will be, will be empty.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I didn't know Impractical Jokers were coming out with a movie.
0: Dude, cues on. Tell them Steve Dave, dude. Okay. Yeah. So, of course. Mm-hmm. Got to watch it. Um, They freaking canceled the NBA season. I know. Dude, R- Rudy Gobert, what a piece of shit. He knew he had it? No. Oh. Did you see? No. Dude, at the press conference like days ago, they it was limited press, and they were all in the room, and he was at the panel. They had limited access to the players. And they're like, all right, that's all the questions we have. And he gets up from the table. Coronavirus is such a joke to him. He gets up from the table, turns around, comes back, and wipes his hands all over their microphones and phones. Like, isn't this funny? And then walks away. Two days later, it's confirmed to have it.
1: I had no idea.
0: Yeah. I hate Everyone's them. like, pray for Rudy Gobert. Okay, yes, it's terrible. And has He has it. But... This, I mean, if there's not a clear example of karma, mm-hmm. fuck you, dude. <laughs> Why are you wiping your dirty ass hands all over everybody's shit like it's funny?
1: I can't believe you did that. Yeah, I think I,
0: I think I have that's a video. The, I'll try what, to find it for you. That's
1: what we get when we have our leaders undermining our science, undermining our our scientists, our science institutions. It, yes, there's overhype.
0: Can't That's watch just this. Watch always this. Watch natural. This. That's always going to happen. All right, hold on. Okay, this is just obviously if you're listening, you can't see it, but check out there. He's literally he's getting up from a press conference, turns around and wipes his hands all over the phones and microphones.
1: And nobody's even laughing. He's just. Ever since he like made fun of Dame for the missed gold ten, I haven't liked him, but that's just that's just an a different level of carelessness.
0: I mean and and what's his name? Dave Portnoy. Oh mm-hmm. from Barstool? Yeah. He's trying to put all these hot takes on the same on the coronavirus. And he's like, Look, that's totally something I would do. <laughs> okay, I think I think you said something earlier that I think oh, it's okay like uh, I don't know. John Oliver says there's a fine line between overreacting and reacting appropriately. Mm-hmm. But then I watched this uh what was he like a disease uh uh infectious disease specialist on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Dude. <laughs> he scared the hell out of me. <laughs> this is just the beginning he says. Yeah. And they they're their, you look at their writings that they've come out with recently, and they've predicted every single thing that is happening in their wow, in their journal articles. They said that it's only going to get worse, and millions of people are going to die. I, I don't know. I, it's a little scary, and I think people should be a little more afraid of it than they are. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a reaction to the media, the president, uh, I don't know. People say, oh, it's just a common cold. That's what I keep hearing now. Are you fucking kidding me? Please tell me real quick how many times they've canceled sports seasons for a common cold.
1: Yeah. Or just told people they couldn't go to the game. Like, even to the level of telling people not you can't go to the game, let alone cancel the season. Yeah. Think about that revenue loss. That's the thing is like, I, I was, that was the thing. I was like having this conversation with somebody and. They're so like, well, it's just, all of this is just a, um, this is just a, a ploy. This is just a political ploy to, uh, to take down Trump in an election
0: here. What?
1: Yeah. And that, and I'm and it, it was a me, it like, it was sparked by like a meme and I'm like, nobody, like nobody is, can't, nobody's losing out on that kind of revenue just to get Trump out of office. Right. <laughs> that's just, that's just not happening.
0: Uh, So what was trending on Twitter last night was um, I Am Legend. Have you seen that? Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, this is I Am Legend. (laughs) Oh, look, this is spring Breaks going to be like I Am Legend. I Am Legend. I'm like, I just tweeted. I said, you think this is I Am Legend? Watch Contagion. Have you seen Contagion? Mm -hmm. Jake! (laughs) Oh, you got to watch Contagion. But it's literally about a disease that... Obviously goes through the pro- process of zoonosis, transfers to humans, is a pandemic, and then you—the movie—I think I've talked about this before—but it shows the reaction from the CDC, it shows the reaction on from a family, it shows the reaction from a conspiracy theorist who thinks the government is, is manipulating the results. It shows like everybody panicking to create a vaccine. You gotta watch it, dude. Okay. It's great. You're not going to watch it. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm probably not. It's so, Dude, there's so many good actors in it. Really? You're talking about, oh, there's good actors. Watch this movie, dude. Uh, okay. You're I'll, the worst. I'll think about it. Probably shouldn't watch it right now. It's probably too yeah, real. Yeah, I was going
1: to say, like, <laughs> it's not the time.
0: Um, But yeah, dude, canceling entire season. But it's just a common cold.
1: Gosh, man. It's just every time I, I get a sports update, it's...
0: Bad news. Something, something getting canceled. Well, it got canceled now.
1: Um, jets, Jets, and Giants suspending travel of their employees to like pro days and stuff ahead of the draft.
0: Wow, I hope football gets canceled. Oh
1: God, <laughs> hey, but you know, you know, this. Um, once we get to April, mm-hmm. the warm weather. Yep, just it'll fixes everything. Gonna kill it,
0: dude. Gwyneth Paltrow, Day, uh, Matt Damon, Flo- Lawrence Fish, uh, Fishburn Jude Law. You're a hater, bro. Watch that movie Contagion, it'll scare you. Okay. Um so, anyways, I'm far more afraid of it after watching that infectious disease specialist. Yeah. Like uh I mean if anybody knows No, infectious infectious disease expert. Okay. Well, I mean, people are just ignoring experts. Yeah. Our president is ignoring experts. Listen, I'm probably gonna get it. Maybe I won't die, but I'm a little more afraid.
1: <laughs> I think there's a good chance all of us are gonna get it. I think so point.
0: too. I was thinking about like, what if this is? And obviously, this isn't what it is, because obviously, it, it you get rid of it eventually. But I was like, what if? What if this is? I was just thinking about a disease that just the whole human ra- the whole human race gets.
1: Oh, I hope not.
0: They were talking about experts were saying that like forty to seventy percent. Of the world. Of the world. Yeah. We'll get it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That is so many people. Think, of,
1: think about this. Italy just quarantined its whole country.
0: I think I read that they were suspending mortgage payments because yeah. people can't pay them. Yeah. And what was it? Just a week ago, they barely had any cases of it. Mm-hmm. And the the infectious disease expert was talking about, I can't remember the term he used, and anyone in the medical field will make fun of me, but it was like doubling and that's how the diseases work. So it's like at first you have two people sick, then you have four people sick, then you have six people sick. You know what I mean? Then you have 12 and on that level, it's not that big of a deal, but when you have half a million to a million in a day, that's a huge jump. Yeah. And that's the growth rate. They're seeing it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact that it's how contagious it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody keeps bringing up, let's go to lower mortality rate than every other respiratory disease. Okay, well, no, it, SARS, MERS, uh, H1N1. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a respiratory one, but those didn't travel as fast as right No, right, 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 right. So in that regards, it is serious. More people have die- even though the percentage of deaths is lower than those other diseases more people have died from coronavirus just because of the the scope and scale right of its of its infection um across populations and it's absolutely devastating effect to older populations older population and people who are already sick and have like weakened immune systems
0: right and that's what scares me the most
1: and that is what is the most dangerous thing about underplaying this for Mm -hmm. whatever reason is that one person goes and sees grandma because they don't think it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. And the next thing you know, or you don't maybe not even go, you don't even go see grandma, but you infect somebody because you went out and thinking it's not that big of a deal. It's just a common cold. You infect a bunch of people who don't, who then don't know they have it go and pass it to elderly
2: people.
0: Mm -hmm. I keep thinking about that. Like, If I got it and then I was the one responsible for, like, causing my grandma's death, I would, I would, dude, how terrible would that feel? Yeah. How terrible would that feel? And honestly, like, I kept thinking, like, honestly, you know, like, say, you know, I'm, I'm 30. I am not say I am 33 year old guy. I'm, I don't know, obviously overweight, but maybe, maybe I get it and I survive it and I'm fine one element of the whole thing that I think about is I don't want to spread this to other people
2: mm-hmm.
0: not I do think about obviously I don't want this I don't want this to be spread to me but another element of it is if I get it I don't want to get it to then spread it to other people that how many I, I don't I don't know do you think about that part of it yeah. I, I can consider like how many people are actually considering not spreading it because from what I hear a ton of people up north, Who are having their kids' school canceled and work Mm -hmm. remotely are like almost acting like it's a vacation and just traveling. I heard people from up north were coming down here. Oh, great. Because like all their Costco's are like empty Mm -hmm. with toilet paper and water. So people are traveling from infected areas because they have no obligations. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I just wonder or consider how much of a consideration others are having about spreading it.
1: I think very little. Yeah, I think these are the these are the these times show just how self centered humans are. Mm -hmm. Regardless of all the things that have made us interconnected on a daily basis, people are still at their core extremely self interested.
0: I. I think Kylie posted something about this, too, but like uh, like just being isolated anyways, just all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's like for for people who kind of are, you know, hermits or, you know, homebodies. It's like, okay, cool. I get to stay home. And I kind of I, I keep telling everyone at work. Listen, as long as I got my Xbox, I'm cool. Like if I'm infected and my friends are infected, but we can all get on Xbox and talk to each other. There's still a way to connect there. But people are like, nah, bro. I want to go see my friends <laughs> <laughs>
1: and give it all,
0: give it to them. Yeah, too. I want to give them a big hug and yeah.
1: Jesus, okay. yeah, man. Oh, part of me was hoping that it wasn't going to get to this. That it was just because you always, you always hear this coming out, like doctors, doctors' offices, scientists are always going to be. Like they're always going to, if there's like a 1% chance that something really bad can happen, they're going to make that public knowledge. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they just, that's not how their brain works. That's not how their discipline works. Like they want to, they want to have a contingency for everything. Right. Right. So in Trump trying to suppress that by saying like the CDC numbers are, are, are off. The world health organizations are, our numbers are off yeah. and the, when the CDC director was standing on a podium at the white house saying, we expect the cases to go up. And then he steps at the podium and says, I expect cases to go down. That whole has like this math. That's all has a super massive effect on it. And, but at the part of me was hoping, just praying that it wasn't, that it was just scientists being careful, right? And no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't scientists being careful. They were warning us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry. Our our leaders failed. Our leaders failed us.
0: Yeah. And and there was I saw one tweet and who knows how true it is with Twitter and people on Twitter. But one one person tweeted like my dad has been a lifelong Republican. He loves Trump. He loves this administration, but he's also a doctor. And watching how this administration has handled this, he said that Trump has lost his vote. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow. That's big. Yeah. I I think, I mean, I've, the stock market is all about perception, right? Mm -hmm. And then perception about stability. Yeah. And it dropped this morning. So how, how much he tried to meddle in the economy, Mm -hmm. tried to downplay, undercut everything that was coming out in the news about this Mm -hmm. to save the economy, because he knows like that is his one ticket to reelection. Right. Him doing that made it worse. I think so. Because the economy, the economists aren't just going to listen to the direction of the president. They're taking in information <laughs> from all over the place, right. especially multinational corporations that really affect the stock market. right? They're talking to their contacts in East Asia mm-hmm. and in Italy and in Europe and saying, what are you guys seeing? And they're getting, they're getting accurate information and they're making choices based off of that information. Right. And the president's lack of response is, Invites that stability in the future, in the in the future, and they're in those those financial decision makers mm-hmm. reading that, saying we can't trust what this guy is going to do. We're pulling back our money. Yeah, he caused he caused his own problem with the stock market. The stock That's market. That's a good point. Was, the stock market was going to go down, right. But in his panic to try to save a couple thousand points, dropped it way worse.
0: So this. This reminds me so much of uh of that course I took last, um, uh, global communications mm. and 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 reacting to um to crises like this, right? Yeah. And early in the lesson, it tells you if you're the communications director, mm-hmm. be honest because on the backside, the repercussions can be worse. Yeah. If you're not honest, and when you say that, that's instantly what I think about. Like if he was honest about it and. I mean, I'm assuming he's doing whatever he can to save his ass and the mm-hmm. economy, because that is what he relies on in his sec- in his reelection. Maybe it would have played different, but now, like you said, he's created his own problem by not telling the truth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this is this is why you elect people who know what the f they're doing. Yeah, the presidency is not a learn on the job position. Yeah. Did you watch this? There can be a couple. Be a uh, uh No, I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. It. You should I watch it. I, you should watch it. Everybody keeps telling me he's to sick, watch dude. it. He's got it. You think so? Dude. I guess he looked like really bad.
0: He he snorts like a pug, first of all. Like, he's like... <sighs> I, don't know, I don't know. Like, he makes weird noises when he talks, first of all. Yeah. Second, he didn't sound great. And a few days ago, so the officials from Brazil met with him at Mar-a-Lago. In Bolsonaro? Yeah. Yeah. They have it.
1: <laughs> and he was on a plane with Gats. With yes. Too, there's no had, way he doesn't have it,
0: dude. And would the American people find out? Yeah. You think so? It's going to
1: come out. How you know, many leaks are out of that administration? That's true. The second time, the first time that the, the second that dude gets actually test positive, mm-hmm. there's a some, some staffer is sending that shit to the Washington Hell Post. Oh, yeah.
0: And running. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised, though. I heard that uh, CJ texted me and said that um, a clinic in Ohio developed a new test that um, gets results in days. Right. uh, Let me see here. Good. Yeah.
1: Uh, Hey, when you let experts actually do their jobs, you get results.
0: The Cleveland Clinic has developed a COVID-19 test that gives results in eight hours opposed to two to three days. That's huge. uh, The other tests The developed, they developed the test in nine days. Scientists 24 24 seven. Once the CDC gave them the okay on three, two.
1: Hey, guess what? When you allow the CDC to be the one to regulate and, and, um, the regulate and, and go out and find those tests and, and supply the doctors with research and, and monetary contributions and just resources. Things happen. We can fix shit. (laughs) Academics, bureaucrats—these people are not your enemy. I don't. It's just we've been
0: told for four years that they are—they're elitists. They're
1: this deep state that just yep. all they want to do is take down Trump. Mm-hmm.
0: This
1: is this is what happens. What do you mean? Not coronavirus, but <laughs> like, but the I don't know, like. We're lucky that we are we are geographically situated where we are. Mm-hmm. We have two oceans really protecting oh, us.
0: Oh, right, right.
1: And then also the fact that our population is so dispersed across a Yeah, we have ma- we have do have major population right, centers, right. but think about majority of this country, populations mm-hmm. are pretty dispersed. And and it's going to slow the um the spread of the disease or the virus. So our we could have if we had had a cdc that wasn't defunded over the last four years (laughs) our readiness for pandemics which if you've read it's it's so funny so every year foreign policy comes and and i'm guilty of this Mm -hmm. because like yeah we haven't had a pan like it's a pandemic right? right like those that stuff that happens in china it doesn't come over here And that's really like Eurocentric of me to think. But it's like, it's not something we've ever experienced in our lives, right? Like a really mass panic. Other than like, oh my gosh, maybe Ebola could come here Mm because we had like one patient that went to Africa and came back and had Ebola. Mm -hmm. But they were able to clamp that down. If we had had, because of our geographic location, we had such an advantage over the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And the fact that just how spread out our population was. If we had a CDC who was well-funded, we had had an adequate res- initial response to it instead of trying to bury our heads in the sand, we could have... I think we we could have... We would be far better off than we right. are right now.
0: So I'm going to reference that expert again. Can talks a bunch about how underprepared we are mm-hmm. and have been. And I guess... I, he One example he uses is that IV bags were... Um, he wrote his organization wrote a report on, uh, IV bags mm-hmm. and how they were, um, manufactured in, uh, Puerto Rico. And he's like, this is dangerous because this is the major supplier to the U S for IV bags. There's one hurricane. There's going to be a shortage on IV bags. And, and he's like, we had that hurricane, what a year and a half ago, two years ago. And now we're struggling in a reaction to a pandemic
1: butterfly flaps its wings man <laughs>
0: and he i guess and he's like i've been trying to warn government agencies and administrations that we're reliant on um on uh farm uh, pharm- uh uh drugs being manufactured in china
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he goes he uses an interesting analogy he's like what if we told you that all the the bullets for our military were being made in China and we relied on China to manufacture the the ammunition. It's the same idea with diseases. If we're relying on another country to manufacture the the medication for our diseases, how easy is it for them to just turn that off and now we struggle? Yeah. So, I mean, experts have been warning about mm-hmm. this and you have an excellent point in saying that we're underprepared.
1: Yeah. Uh, foreign Policy Magazine... Um, pulls all of its staff writers and contributors, and they do like um, they do a. What are the top five things that threaten the world every 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 year? They do this like what mm-hmm. are the what are the five what are the five greatest threats to like the international community? Right, and constantly in that list, generally making the top three is global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and this why year, do we ignore it? I think it's easier to just. It's easier to, to not think it possible. You don't... I, because yeah. I, we, we laugh at the preppers, right? Right. We laugh at those people. And yeah, like they're kind of ridiculous. They go way over the top. I deal with them all the time at work. These people just come and stockpile oh. ammo all year long. They just right. buy it. I spend hundreds of dollars every month on ammo that they never even shoot. They just go bury it somewhere. Wow. But at the same time, <laughs> that's one extreme. Right. But... I think all of us are just like we're so consumed in our in our daily in our day to day lives mm-hmm. that we don't want and it's so hard just to get through that day. Right. To think about like, oh, what what do I have prepared to handle something like this? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just it's so far out of our minds. I don't think I think we do it I think we do it subconsciously just because we don't want to have to think about the ramifications of complete disruption of our day to day life.
0: Right. And there's this Ignorance of like it can't happen to me or it can't happen to us. Yeah, that's why historians are cursed, though. I think we've seen it it happen.
1: Well, yeah, because we read it. (laughs) But that I think that for us, it's also part of our psyche. I think the United States always thinks that it's so it's separate from the rest of the world, and then and and we are mostly because of the because of our geographic location, but also because of our foreign policy Mm -hmm. for most of our early early years we had that um we were isolationist and we talked about sphere of influence right like nobody's going to play in america's backyard the the pacific is ours and anybody who tries to croach on south america or north anywhere in north america that is seen as like as an as an as an aggressive act against the united states and i think that that over time has reinforced this really isolationist we're we don't have to worry about the rest of the world's problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went over and kicked the Germans' ass twice in World War II, but then we came back home. Right. And I still think even though we've been so globalized since the end of end of the Cold War, I still think that that mentality of it's not going to affect us mm-hmm. earlier in our past mm-hmm. still really lives in our culture.
0: Right. I think the, the key word there is globalized. Like technology and the way just the... The speed in which you can travel from place to place in an airplane. Like, mm-hmm. it's just more frequent Yeah. and used more often. So, I think p- as far as policy and mentality, there's this idea, yes, that we're separated from the rest of the world. But realistically, we have people traveling in and out all the time.
1: All the time. Cruise ships. Yeah. Why would anybody... <laughs> Go on a cruise ship I mean
0: I saw a meme that was like cruise ship seventy dollars. <laughs> it's like ah, do I risk it? <laughs> oh my God I gosh.
1: Up getting quarantined in the Philippines for like a month dude, that's
0: crazy there's a I think there's an Oregon woman who was uh that's I said that immediately last weekend when we were when I was gaming with the the friend, my buds, I was like. Could you guys imagine being quarantined by a foreign government, like in another country? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a reaction to this, so there was that
1: one couple, American couple, who was um, in China, and the Chinese government took her off because she tested positive. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Mm-hmm. They took her off of the boat, quarantined her in one of their hospitals. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let him off the boat to go be with her because mm-hmm. he wasn't sick. Like, could you imagine, like, not only that, no. having being separated from your significant other by a foreign and not government? not
0: knowing where they are. Especially a
1: government like China? Yeah. And you think the United States, the State Department, they've got a lot of other shit going on? <laughs> you're not going to be their top priority, so no. who do you go to? Right. Terrifying. Yikes. Terrifying.
0: I don't know. I just, it's scary. I'm more scared than, than I was last time we talked about this.
1: Well, think, and two things, here's another thing. Our State Department is gutted, yeah, and that's our that's our first line of res, that's our that is our first line of connection to all of the foreign countries, right? Like you've and, said before, and we don't even have ambassadors in half the fucking right. posts,
0: exactly, and making connections. That connections you're talking about, you talked about it before. If we have people in place to make connections, if the government isn't releasing factual information, maybe some connections with our foreign service officers can say, "Yo." They're lying. This is actually what's going on Mm -hmm. on the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Gone. Let's gut those.
1: All of this. All of this is connected. I'm not blaming Trump, but I'm saying like. And it takes takes something like this to unravel all of it. Yeah. And then you realize just how intricate all of this is and why it works and why it
0: exists. Yeah. Nobody else does. Why it's important. Yeah.
1: Man. We didn't even get to talk about Super Tuesday in the primaries. <laughs> well,
0: that's okay. That's all right. I will say I got home Tuesday, and I was like, I'm gonna turn on the news. So I put on CNN uh, uh, last Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. To no, this Tuesday. Oh, Sorry. for Mini Tuesday. Yeah, Mini yeah. Tuesday. Um, and I was like, I just catch up, see where we're at, because you know Washington was on there mm-hmm. for that Mini Tuesday, Mini Mike Mini Tuesday. <laughs> um, so I was watching it, and I was like, oh, CNN's playing, you know, like a recap of of. The, the primaries. So I put, put on ES, uh, CNN and I don't really watch mainstream media, which is such a, a douchey thing to say because <laughs> everybody says it, even though they all do. But I don't. Uh, but I was like, I'll turn on CNN because they're going to have the ticker at the bottom to <laughs> show percentages and stuff. So you I put it,
1: go to five thirty eight. What's five thirty eight? It's Nate Silver's like a website. Yeah. I'm not going no, on no, a no, website. No, no. So it, this it's,
0: was literally minutes before I was going to bed. I was just trying to just see where we were at. Okay, I'm not watching it like a sporting event, Jake. Yeah, (laughs) fair enough. So I'm watching it, just watching the ticker. I'm like, oh, okay, that's where. Okay, cool. Those are the results. Oh, oh, closer results or whatever. Yeah. But CNN cuts to this like segment on coronavirus, and they're like, "Listen, yes, looking at the numbers, it's it's we're doing great. Like as far as it's spreading, like people people are doing. It's not." it's not as catastrophic as as some people are making it out to be. You know, they're kind of playing that middle narrative, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. And I'm like, oh, that's cool that they're actually like not picking an extreme. But then instantly, like a graphic flies by and they're like, but it's Trump's fucking fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Like that turned quick. And I was like, nah. And I turned it off. You, dude, dude.
1: <laughs> I know it is very. I know what you mean. Yeah. I try to be like I. I try to not say out loud. I don't watch it. Yeah, but it's true. Like I just all I. The only thing I do is I. I read my news. Right. Like it's, that's it, and it's just. <laughs> you're right, man. You can't go to anything, even print. I was on the hill yesterday. Uh, the, the the. It's the the website called the Hill, and man, it was this this most slanted article talking about how even though Biden is probably going to win the nomination, Mm -hmm. Bernie Sanders is actually the winner (laughs) because Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders are essentially the same person. And then went on to make all of these super loose connections. Uh And this is the one thing I really wanted to talk about. It's not about the primaries per se. It's more about how I think the under, how a lot of people view race and gender Mm -hmm. in this country and it's in the narrative. Have you heard this narrative that it, Trump is making fun of it. You see a lot of Republican commentators talking about this, conservative commentators talking about this and okay. they're saying that the how like it's so funny that the 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 party, the Democratic party that values diversity over everything. Right. And had this diverse field of women and minorities and on on their debate stages and now we're down to two 70-year-old 70 plus year old white men. Right. And then, so that just shows like, Oh, see, they're not really that diverse. They just like to.
0: Interesting. I hear, I, 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 that. I hear this
1: narrative all of the time. Okay. I hear it for people at work. I hear it on the internet, all of that. And then, it, and then he even like that, this Hill article even brings that up. Mm-hmm. And he's in, so that he was jabbing at the Democrats for that. And I'm thinking, I, and I'm looking at exit uh, poll numbers. <laughs> okay. So I'm, 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 I'm I'm looking at exit poll numbers and voting. Women voters are up in 2020 primaries over they were in 2016. Minority voters are up Mm -hmm. in 2016, both Latinos and African-Americans. Since 2016. Since 2016. They're up in in the Democratic primary in terms of participation. They're up in the party. uh, Mississippi, for the first time, had more African-Americans voting in its primary than white people.
0: Whoa!
1: In the Democratic primary, right, race. right, and it was a huge split.
0: Yeah, I saw that.
1: So, it's I think latent in that it's oh, like look at this, it's not div- like dem- the Democrats aren't actually diverse. Mm-hmm. How about? And I think in is latent in that is that women are going to vote for a woman candidate because she's a woman, an African American is going to vote for an African American because that right, candidate is black. Right. Instead of, I don't know. What is causing those people to vote for a specific candidate? And it's more of a, if an attachment to ideas, right. or an attachment to policies that they think are going to better their lives, not the demographic.
0: Color of their skin. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's so funny. It's like that's funny that it, that is so apparent. Like to me, like that was just so glaringly apparent that that's like the that's the the bait, like the underlying assumption of that critique of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the exit polls, and you're like, that if.
0: Maybe that'll be the.
1: It's not about it's not about diversity. It's a diversity of ideas, right? And who's the best candidate? That's the meritocracy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I. I don't know. I just find that. I just found it funny.
0: It is funny. Maybe that's their flaw. In 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 in, in this camp, uh, in this election, maybe that's their flaw. You know, assuming all the polls showed Hillary's going to win, it's going to be a landslide. Mm-hmm. She's going to win it all. And those assumptions were made. While Trump played the electoral college game and did it well and played and won, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. We all assumed that there was no way Donald Trump was going to win. Maybe that's their flaw in their assumption is that, oh, uh, minorities and women are not going to come out and vote because there's not a minority or woman as a candidate. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, the numbers are showing that people are participating. So maybe that's their... Maybe they... Not necessarily lose, but you know. maybe it's more of a slap in the face and a realization that, like, oh, we were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be.
1: Just something I noticed. <clears throat> I like that. Another thing, just really quick. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. Bernie Sanders um, did not do well as well against, um, amongst young people as he did in 2016. Really, especially against especially against college educated. People, oh, which is interesting so missouri
0: because those freshmen are seniors now that's
1: true and they're not, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so because bernie's bernie's has always said i can get the young vote yeah and i think relying on the young vote is <laughs> is a fool's errand because nothing has been more apparent that you cannot rely on young people to care mm-hmm. more than 2020 right because little in missouri mm-hmm Bernie Sanders, uh, the the percentage of the of the people who voted in the Democratic primary in the ages of eighteen to twenty nine, might like basically I'm on the edge of that mm-hmm. of that age group was twelve percent that voted. Mm-hmm. Only twelve only twelve percent of the people who voted oh. were in that age group.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I Bernie, wouldn't assume. And
1: Bernie won that. Yeah, seventy some seventy something percent that twelve percent by seven seventy gotcha. to like thirty percent right. But that's all you can muster. He only won the county where the University of Michigan, uh-huh. M- University of Missouri, is by a half a percent. Hmm. He l- he only won in Michigan, the where he carried um Ann Ar- like the county where Ann Arbor is. It's University of Mich- Michigan. Okay. He only ca- like so he won that by like thirty points over Hillary Clinton when he upset upset in mm-hmm. Michigan over mm-hmm. Hillary back in twenty sixteen. He only won that by 1% over Biden. Hmm. Just interesting numbers.
0: Yeah, they are interesting numbers. I don't care. I mean, I do care. But I I don't care as long as whether it's the Bernie bros or the Biden bros as a general Mm -hmm. term. Yeah. Just continue to vote after your candidate is not... Oh, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> the one. Yeah. Like, I do care. I do care, obviously, because I voted in a way. Um, but I just hope people just vote. hmm I don't know. W- one guy was like... A Trump supporter I talked to was like... I was like, dude, what if it's Biden and Trump? He's like, Biden's an idiot. And I said, and Trump isn't... Yeah. <laughs> How can you buy? How can you just be a a, a fanatic about Donald Trump? And then not at least acknowledge he's an idiot. You're gonna call Biden an idiot. Stop it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Stop it. Even if it was even if it was Bernie and he's gonna say Bernie's an idiot. I'm like, eh, and Trump's not an idiot. Yeah. Listen, whoever he goes up against in the Democratic side, whether it's Bernie or Biden, he's going to be. Far less intelligent than both of them. Yeah, and if we're comparing idiots, there he is the supreme leader of idiots. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm I'm done. Bye.
2: All right, bye. <laughs>